Welcome to Experiencing Christ with Pastor Dennis Matovu. Freedom Experience is a teaching ministry of the Word that is driven by the purpose that believers may subjectively realize the full knowledge of the truth according to 1 Timothy chapter 2 verse 4. Experiencing God in the incarnated Word, which is Christ to be life and light to man with grace and reality for man's enjoyment. And now, open wide your spirit to receive this great teaching which is going to empower you to begin experiencing Christ as your life. This is Pastor Dennis Matovu, worth hearing. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. <laughs> freedom reigns in this place. Freedom experience, experiencing Christ. Praise the Lord wherever you are. Thank you for tuning in once again. This is Pastor Dennis Matov, all the way from Kampala, Uganda. Freedom Experience Ministry is our ministry, and we want to bring you a wonderful wonderful program, this uh, teaching series uh, called Experiencing Christ Daily. This is episode 20 and I believe that uh, if you have been following us, indeed you have been a person who is enjoying this all-inclusive Christ. We are bringing you this wonderful Christ and we want you to see this vision that the Lord has given us and uh, we have chosen to share it with you because this is why the ministry exists. We glorify God for His mercy for his grace, the grace which is sufficient, a grace which is uh, all-powerful. He has been with us from the day we started, and we want to continue from wherever we had stopped by the grace of God in the name of Jesus. Remember, we are talking about uh, experiencing Christ daily, and uh, this is a, a long time series. Uh, we are going through and I believe that if you have been following you are now beginning to see that vision that we are uh, expressing and explaining to you. We are in the book of Colossians chapter 1 and now we have reached to verses 25 and uh, 26, 27. We are in the last verses of chapter 1 of Colossians. Remember the Bible says that it told us in Colossians 1 25 Paul was saying that where of I am made a minister according to the dispensation of God which is given to me for you to fulfill the word of God, to complete the word of God. So we want to continue these words of Paul uh, which says that uh, he was saying that of which I became a minister according to the stewardship of God uh, which was given to me for you to complete the word of God. Now in these messages we shall consider still the matter of completing the word of God. That's where we had stopped uh, previously. Now, uh, we see that the word of God includes the Old Testament and the word that was preached by the early disciples in the days of church history in the book of Acts, including also the four Gospels. So, because we are not written, Paul says that he had uh, been called to see that he completes. So, at the time of Paul, we see that the word of God included the Old Testament and the, 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 the word which was preached by the early disciples in Acts chapter 4. Remember verses 29, we see that uh, the Bible was showing us how they could do. They continued to, to speak things of Christ, but they were, they were not yet written. In Acts chapter 4, verses 29, the Bible says that uh, these apostles, uh, and now... Lord, behold their threatenings and great, and grant unto thy servants that with all boldness they may speak thy word. So they were still speaking the word of God. It was not yet written and they were proclaiming it, evangelizing, teaching, preaching. So we see the disciples, they prayed that they might preach God's word with boldness. So they needed boldness, even as today we need boldness to speak the word of life. When you come to Acts chapter 4, verse 31, you see the Bible says that, And when they had prayed, the place where 
was shaken where they were assembled together and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and they spake the word of God with boldness. In other words, God granted them the boldness that they were requiring from him so that they continue to, to minister the word. So when you come in, in Acts chapter 6 verses 4, still you will see that the Bible says, but, but we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. So we see that they were determined to see that they preach the word of God. And what was the result? When you come to verses 6 of, of, of uh, Acts chapter 6, when you come to verses 7, the Bible tells us that the word of God increased. And the word of God increased and the number of the disciples multiplied in Jerusalem. Uh, greatly and a great company of priests were obedient to the faith. In other words, the word kept on increasing because the preachers, the apostles were bold to preach the word so that they complete that which Christ had not yet completed physically, experientially. So we see that this is a ministry that is going on. Those who were scattered because of the persecution in the book of Acts uh, that was against the church, uh, the, after the, the death of Stephen, you remember in Acts chapter 8, the Bible says that uh, Acts chapter 8, uh, remember they this passed because of the death of one of their fellow disciples. And the Bible says that, and they went everywhere preaching the word of God in verse 4. So as they were dispersing, running for their lives, they ran preaching, they ran teaching. In other words, they were bold enough to, to amid this persecution amid these difficulties, they kept on preaching the word of God. So we are called to be bold even as we are preaching, teaching the word of God, especially when, uh, especially when we are preaching the life which is in the word of God. We have got to be people who are steadfast. When you come to Acts chapter 12 verse 24, you see that it, it furthermore tells us that the word of God grew and multiplied. In Acts 12, 24, the word of God grew and multiplied. In other words, those were seasons whereby the word was to be completed. The, the early disciples had to do their best to see that they preach the word of God boldly so that the word grows and multiplies. Did you know that the word can grow? The word can multiply? It multiplies whenever there are some preachers and teachers that are bold enough to continue preaching and teaching the word of truth, the word of life. So, is that although the word of God, which is preached, uh, which was preached by the early, uh, early disciples, even though it grew and multiplied, the truth is it was not yet complete according to God's plan, according to God's economy. We see that for this completion, God's revelation to Paul was needed. God had to again recruit a new person to help to complete the revelation. What God intended in the scriptures and in the actions and the acts of Jesus Christ. So the disciples were preaching, yes, they were fervent, yes, but God had to raise another person called Paul, Apostle Paul, to see that he completes the revelation. So because the Jews... The Jews uh, have, have only the Old Testament, remember. They do not have the complete oracle of God. They have only the Old Testament. And uh, moreover, we see that uh, although even the Christians have the, the, both the Old and the New Testament, we still have the, the many of people, believers, that have not yet uh, seen the full revelation of God. Uh, today we have all the entire 66 books. We are reading the scriptures, we are teaching them in Bible college, in theology, in, in churches. People have studied the Bible, but still there is a need to complete the revelation of God. And this is why we come in to show you some more deep, deep light so that you see the completion of the word. Now, in the experience of the, the disciples and even the, the, the people today, we see that their understanding uh, may be... Uh, they, they have only the Gospels, the Acts, and some part of Romans, but there is a need to go deep and study so that we come to a deeper understanding of the divine revelation by going deeper to the, the, the books of Paul to see what revelation he, has, he had grasped. So according to the stewardship of God, um, we see that Paul became a minister. We saw that yesterday at the other time. 
and I became a minister of the church to complete the word of God. The word of God. So we see that uh, uh, if you consider what a lack there would be if we did not have epi- the episodes of Paul, if we only had uh, scriptures up to maybe Acts, then plus some few episodes of the Peter, John, and James. I tell you, would have missed a lot. In other words, we see that another man comes in with almost uh, three quarters of the, the, the uh, almost half of the New Testament. He comes to write and reveal the vision that he had received. And this is what we are digging slowly by slowly so that we may also see what Paul had seen and we also grasp and take that stewardship and so that we may also complete the word of God in order to dispense Christ with all his riches into the churches. So, the revelation given to Paul was for the completion of God's word. That's why God gave him deeper things that even the disciples did not preach about, did not teach about. So, therefore, it is also crucial even to us so that we, we it's, it's so crucial that we all know the revelation that was given to Paul. Now, uh, that will now take us to see what was God's revelation to Paul? Because if we talk about Paul, you need to know what special revelation that Paul had received than, uh, that, that the disciples had not yet seen. For example, we see that he, uh, he discovers a ministry, a mystery which is uh, Christ being the mystery of God. He discovered that and taught about that. We see that Paul received this revelation of Christ as the mystery of God. When we come back to Colossians, chapter 2, we see that Paul says that he is talking about Christ as the mystery of God. The Bible says in uh, Colossians 2, 2, he says that, that their hearts might be comforted, being knit together in love and unto all riches of the full assurance of understanding to the acknowledgement of the mystery of God and the Father and, and of Christ. So we see uh, Paul has got this vision, he has got this ministry. Hallelujah. So we have seen that Paul had seen a certain a vision, a mystery, and this mystery is what also we want us to see even today. Uh, what did Paul see? He speaks of the full knowledge of the mystery of God, Christ. Now this term, the mystery of God, is not found in the Old Testament. You cannot find it. And the Gospels do not even record anything like that of the mystery. It was not even used by the Lord Jesus Christ. It was first used by Paul in his episodes. He talks about the mystery of God, uh, which is Christ as the embodiment of God. Now when you come to Colossians chapter 2.9, you see that he says that, For in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. He had seen also that, that in Christ dwells all the fullness of the triune God bodily. Now, we see that as the mystery of God, Christ must be both the embodiment of God and the life-giving spirit. As we read also in um, First Corinthians chapter 15, remember verse 45b, he says that, he, is, he became the life-giving spirit. And, and when you read also in 2 Corinthians 3.17, the Bible says the Lord is that spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Now, we see that all fundamental Christian teachers, they believe that Christ is the embodiment of God. But you discover that there are very few that have seen this that is also the life-giving spirit. When we talk about that Christ is the, the spirit, people get confused. Now, in order for us to know Christ in reality, as the embodiment of God, we need to experience Him as the life-giving Spirit. We need to know Him that uh, as the one who, is, who has been who has been transfigured to become the Lord Spirit. So, because the enemy knows the crucial a meaning of this, he attacks this point intensely so much. If we do not realize that Christ is the the, the life-giving Spirit then the fact that Christ is the embodiment of God is merely a doctrine and a theory. We cannot enjoy it. We cannot experience it. It is just an objective teaching, not at all related to our Christian experience. For anything that belongs to Christ, whether written or you have uh, uh, seen it, it is, it's supposed to be 
for our subjective experience. In other words, it's supposed to be enjoyed uh, by us in our spirits. And if this is the situation whereby uh, people, they want to preach an objective Christ in doctrine and theory, they will never come to the realization. They will never come to the experience. There is no way we can, we can, we can enjoy Christ in theory and in doctrine. It can't become our reality. Yet the Bible says that it must be our reality, our enjoyment, our everything, our for us to enjoy an experience and to take on a day-to-day life. So we see that the, the reality of Christ as the embodiment of God is in Christ as the life-giving spirit. If you want to see the reality of whatever God is to the church, then we have got to know that Christ is a life-giving spirit for us to take us into those experiences. Now come with me to John chapter 14, verse 16 through 18. You see that the Lord said in John 14, 16, he says that, and I will ask the Father and he will give you another comforter and he, that he may be with you forever, even the spirit of reality, the spirit of truth, which is reality, whom the world cannot receive because it does not behold him, does not see him, all know him. But the Bible says, but you know him because he abides with you and shall be in you. Then he comes to say that, I will not leave you orphans, I am coming to you. Now when you look at this, the one we see that the one who is the spirit of reality, the spirit of truth, in verses 17 that we have just read, becomes the very one who is the Lord himself. In verses 18, if you have seen that, the Bible has told us that, and I will ask the Father and he will give you another comforter, and the Bible has called him the spirit of reality. But the one who is the spirit of reality also is called the Lord who is saying that I will come to you. He says, I will not leave you orphans. I will come and abide with you and I will come to you. So well, as we see that he's talking about promising the Holy Spirit, the spirit of reality, he's also saying that I will come to you. And what does this mean? It means that the one who is the spirit of reality also becomes the one who is the Lord in verse 18. In other words, the he becomes I. The one who says he will give you, uh, he says that he will give you another comforter and that he may be with you. The one who is who will be with us, the Holy Spirit, again becomes the, the verse that says, I am coming to you. I will not leave you orphans. I am coming to you. So now this indicates that after his resurrection, the Lord became the spirit of reality. The one that he has been promising to send becomes the very one who is sending. You get the point. That's why when you come back to 1 Corinthians 15.45, you see that it is, te- it is dealing with the matter of resurrection. Christ when he is resurrected and confirms this by saying that the last Adam became a life-giving spirit. Now Paul was bold enough and not an, a, at all unclear or fearful in declaring the fact that Christ is the Spirit. And the church must know that Christ is the Spirit. Christ is the Spirit. If you know the Holy Spirit, then you have got to know also that Christ is the Spirit. So to the natural mind, it is not logical. You see that it cannot be uh, that the last Adam, a man in the flesh, Jesus in the flesh, could become a life-giving Spirit. But I will tell you, Paul uncompromisingly declared this fact. He says so. Even in 2 Corinthians 3.17, he says that now the Lord is that spirit. 2 Corinthians 3.17. He he boldly says, and according to the context of the whole chapter, if you are reading that chapter of 2 Corinthians 3, you see that they, they are talking about the spirit in verse 17 is the spirit who gives life in verse 6. Let us read also those few verses so that you may get a clear picture. Because... This is what the church doesn't want to teach because it appears complicated. They don't want to, to, to enter into the details. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 3.6, it says that who also has made us able ministers of the New Testament, not of the letter but of the Spirit, for the letter kills but the Spirit gives life. And the Spirit they are talking about here is the life-giving Spirit. And it's the Spirit that the Bible is also talking about who gives life in, in John is the one that is, is the very spirit is in 2 Corinthians 3.17. This is the spirit who gives life in verse 6 also. Furthermore, when we come to 
to Second Timothy chapter four, verses twenty-two. We see that Paul clearly said that the Lord be with thy spirit. And when he says that the Lord be with the Spirit, he's talking about Jesus Christ because the title Lord is all is only for Jesus Christ. He's the one who has been given to become the Lord. So when the Bible says that the Lord be with thy spirit, they are talking about Jesus Christ being with your spirit. So meaning that if you have the Holy Spirit, you also have Jesus Christ as that very spirit. And this is where I've got to see that there is there are details and uh, depth in the scriptures. So, many of us uh, can testify of the help we have received in, in life through realizing that our Lord today is a life-giving spirit, in our spirit. When you begin to see that Christ is the spirit in my spirit, then you begin to see that you are going to realize several things. You are going to begin to enjoy him. He's going to accomplish that which he had to accomplish. Remember, he says that I will come and I, I, I see that uh, you do the things that are, that are more than the things that have done. The question is, how can we do the things more than what Christ did unless Christ himself is in us completing the work, doing the very things that he's saying that we should do. We see that if Christ were not the spirit, in our spirit, we could not experience him as our life. But remember the Bible says that Christ is our life. Colossians chapter 3 verses 4. He is our life. And if he's not the spirit, then we cannot take him as our life. He cannot be. So we would have no experience of Christ as life He is not, if, he, if he is not a spirit. So my clarification here is that Christ is a spirit. And this is what Paul is showing us, that there is a mystery. The mystery of God, which is Christ. Christ is a mystery that now we are seeing him as the spirit which is living in our spirit. And this is the spirit that uh, we are enjoying. And if we have the Spirit of God, then we are not a religion. We have the living Christ in our experience, the living Christ in our enjoyment. And one of the, uh, we see that on the one hand, he is the embodiment of the fullness of God. In other words, he has got a body, and in his body, he is filled with the fullness of God. But also on the other hand, we have seen that is also the life-giving Spirit who is indwelling our spirit. These are the things that makes Jesus to become a mystery that we are supposed to get a revelation of. Hallelujah. So this revelation of Christ is part of the revelation given to Paul for the completion of the word of God. When we say that Paul came to complete, when Paul says that I have been called to complete the word of God, it means that he had come to show us more light of what Christ had done because the apostles were not explaining it they were not teaching it they had not seen the light but Paul saw that vision saw that vision, saw the light so that's why he comes to tell us that he has seen a revelation that Christ he is the very indwelling spirit that is in our spirit so if you have the Holy Spirit you have the Christ himself as your comforter so now when, when he talks about, still Paul talks about in Colossians that he was given a dispensation of God, a ministry of God. And uh, he talks about the dispensation of God. So Paul was also given the revelation concerning the dispensation of God. When we come to Colossians, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verses, verses 13, 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 14. You see, that Paul was giving a farewell and he said these words in 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verses um, 14. He says that the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion, which is the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, be with you all. Amen. And when we, on that, let us add on also uh, the, the, in the book of Ephesians chapter 3 verses 14 to 19. I want us to read through so that we get a, a big, a, a, a broader picture. The Bible says in Ephesians 3, 14 to 19, we are reading this context. The Bible says that for this cause I bow my knees, this is Paul praying unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and on earth is named, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man, 
that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith. Now they are mentioning Christ dwelling in our hearts, that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth, the length, and the depth, and the height, and to know the love of Christ which passes all understanding, all knowledge, that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. That is verse 19. So we see that uh, in this long context, we see that the word dispensation, uh, when we talk about uh, dispensation, most people, they will think of uh, the dispensation of time and seasons and uh, ages. And this is where the word dispensation has been damaged through the misuse because we all first got to know the word dispensation when it was talking about the ages, the times, the seasons that were taking place throughout the Bible. So to many Christians, it refers simply to the ways in which God deals with people, ways that are called dispensation. At certain times, it deals with people. For example, in the Old Testament, it deals with them with the law. In the, before, before the Old Testament, the patriarch, it dealt, with, it dealt with them one by one. Then it comes to, in the dispensation of the law, he deals them with the law. Then we know the dispensation of grace, whereby Christ comes in for, with the New Testament. We know of the dispensation of the kingdom, which has already started that will consummate in the, in the, the new Jerusalem, the king, in the new kingdom, the kingdom of the millennial kingdom. So we see that when we use the word dispensation, However, we see that uh, we use it with the meaning of dispensing. And I'm going to talk about dispensation in the way of dispensing, dispensing, administrating, or stewardship. So, and this is what we see. This is what we are sharing now. Now, in this, in, in his economy, God is dispensing himself into us. He's pouring himself into us. And when the way he's pouring himself into us is what we call dispensing. He's dispensing himself into us. And this is the plan of God. We see that Paul was the first to speak of God's dispensation. We had never heard that word in the Bible. But Paul gets the word because he had seen the vision. He saw that God's desire was to dispense himself into man. Whereas we think that God created us to worship him as an objective God that is only waiting for our worship. He wants us to worship him when he is living within us. So his major plan, his major desire is to see that he enters us in the way of dispensing himself into us. That's why Paul in 2 Corinthians 13, 14 has mentioned the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the, fellow, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all, be with your spirit. So we see that this is the dispensing of the triune God into our being. They are mentioning God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit being with us in our spirit, being with us all. So how is God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit going to be with us unless there has been a dispensation, unless there has been a, trans, a, a, a transfiguration whereby the Christ has become a Lord Spirit and to bring uh, the Holy Spirit to bring in the triune God into us. So we see that this is the dispensing of the triune God into our being. And where else in the Bible can you find such a clear word concerning the dispensation of the triune God into the believers? Paul had seen a vision. He had seen that God's desire is to see that he is with us. He is with us. That's why I say that the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you. Be with you. So... We see that in these verses we have the Father as the source, the Son as the cause or the progression, and we have the Spirit as the flow, and that is what we call the dispensation. It began from eternity past, God being the source of it all. Then after some time, in the days of, of, of the New Testament, we see an incarnation whereby Jesus comes in to become the, 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 the cause, the progression, you see? So that he continues what the Father began from the eternity past, from the, the, the Old Testament. And we see that when Christ had finished the process on the cross, then we see the Spirit becoming the flow. And so that he flows into us. Now we have that flow, which is the flow of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The Father being the source, like if you know the source of water, and uh, when there is a source of water, then we see that this, the water will have 
the course which will become the well because you know of the spring which will do uh, uh, where water comes from the spring then it makes a well then that well has got a flow a stream so that is the way God is to us he God the Father is the source but we cannot reach the source it is far from us there was a need for the flow there was there was a need for the course rather there was a need for progression to bring the source nearer to us there was a need to have a, a, a well a well some of us when you go to 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 fetch water from the well those that that are in the villages you are always fetching water in the well but you are wondering why is it that it does not dry it does not dry because deep in that well there is a spring that is the source of that water and as long as the spring, the, the spring is uh, bring out creating that water the well will never dry and you see that the proper well which is a, 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 a clean water which has got clean water the well will also have got uh, it has also a flow whereby another water is flowing out of that well going somewhere so that is what the holy spirit is doing he is flowing god who is the source and is flowing also christ who was the the cause the progression and is flowing them into us so if we have the holy spirit we are having the third the third in the triune god in us as the spirit but as at the same time as we are having the third one in us as the flow we are still having the source also we have also the progression we still have the father we have the son as long as we have the spirit that's why you see that it is very possible for Jesus to be the spirit in you because you cannot separate the source from the cause which is the progression and from the the flow these are intact they are inseparable you see so now, when we come to Ephesians chapter 3, verses uh, 14 to 19, we have read there, uh, remember, but we shall, uh, we shall come back to read a few, a few verses so that we, we enjoy them also. In Ephesians 3, 14, 19, we see Paul also speaks of God's dispensation in Ephesians also. But this time he explains in detail. He prays to the Father that we may be strengthened with power by His Spirit into our inner man, so that Christ may make His home into our hearts. That was the prayer that Paul is praying. Even today, it is the prayer that we are praying, that the Father might strengthen us with power by the Spirit into our inner man, so that Christ may make His home into our hearts. Now, we see that the result is that we are rooted, we are grounded. He continues to see that we may be grounded, that we may be rooted. Why? Because Christ is making his home in our hearts. Then we are able to be rooted, grounded in love, and we are strong to apprehend with all the saints what is the breadth, the length, the height, and the depth. And he says that, and to know the knowledge surpassing love. It says that, and to know the knowledge surpassing love of Christ, so that we may be filled unto all the fullness of God. Now, when you read through this passage, you see that in these verses, Paul speaks of the triune God. He mentions that the Father, he mentions about the Father, then he comes to mention about the Spirit, then he mentions about Christ, the Son. So we see that. When he was praying for the believers, he prayed for them that they may enjoy the triune God. He prayed for them that they may enjoy and experience the all-inclusive the, the all spirit. So, through the dispensation of the triune God, when I, mean, when I use the word triune God, I'm talking about the Trinity, the three-in-one God, into our being, we become the fullness of God. The moment we have the all, the Father, the Son, and the Spirit in us, then we become people who, are, who have got the fullness of God. And we begin to express God in His entirety. This is what we call expressing God. This is what we call expressing God. So, and this is, these are things we need to know as the body of Christ. So, we see that the, 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 the church was also another mystery of Christ. And this, this was the second thing, the third thing Paul was uh, called to do. Number one, he said he wanted to complete the word of God by giving us a clear revelation of what he had received. 
Number two, we have seen, he wanted us to know that Christ is the mystery of God. And number three, we are coming to see that he wants us also that the church should know that uh, he wants us to know that the church is also the mystery of Christ. So now let us see this one, which is the church being the mystery of Christ. Remember, we saw that God, uh, the Christ is the mystery of God. Now, if Christ is the mystery of God, then the church is supposed to be the mystery of Christ. As we are going to see in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 4. The Bible says in Ephesians 3, 4, Paul speaks of the mystery of Christ. He says that how that by revelation, he made known, he made known unto me the mystery, as I wrote afore in in in, in a few words. So he, Paul says that God, Christ, by revelation, he, he he made him to know the mystery of Christ. So we want to see this mystery of God. Uh, remember, we saw the mystery of God in Colossians two two. That's what we began we began with today, and uh, now we have come to. What is the mystery of Christ? So, the mystery of God is Christ. And the mystery of Christ is the church. So, whereas the mystery of, of Christ is, in, in according to Ephesians 3, 4, is the church, the mystery of Christ, and the mystery of God is Christ. So, in other words, Christ is the mystery of God, and the church is the mystery of Christ. We shall, we shall be, become clear on that. Uh, let us go back to Ephesians chapter 1 verse 22 and 23 we see how does how can a church the church be how does the church becomes the mystery of christ in ephesians chapter 1 verses 22 and 23 the bible says that um, which is his body okay let us begin from verses 22 he says and he has put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is the body, the fullness of him that fills all in all. So you see that in Ephesians, they are revealing that the church is the body of Christ, his fullness. And Paul was the first still to use such a term to describe the church. Now these are the revelations that Paul had seen that other disciples had not yet seen. So, we see that nowhere in the writings of Peter or of John are we told that the church is the body. It's only Paul that is talking about that. So, although Paul came to on the scene later, he was later, he was not the original apostle who moved and lived with Jesus Christ, but we see that he is bold to speak forth the divine revelation that he had received. And he uses some terminologies that they are not they, they, they have never used before it takes boldness to speak things that have never been spoken before for example there are some revelation and teachings that we, we will always be bringing and those things they have not been taught anywhere they have not been revealed people have been ministering but they have not uh, they have not reached on those depths they have not seen uh, uh, enough light so we see that when we recognize when we look at peter Peter also he, he recommended Paul because he had recognized that Paul had received a special vision that they had not yet seen. Let us go to 2 Peter chapter 3 verse 15 to 16. One time Peter when he was preaching, he, he talks about Paul. And because Peter is talking about Paul, it is, it is for, our, uh, uh, like for our proof that Paul was a genuine uh, minister who was known and uh, uh, confirmed by the apostles because if and if if no apostle had uh, commended um, or commented on Paul then we would say but nobody talked about Paul but we see that in 2nd Peter 3 15 16 the Bible says that even as our beloved brother Paul also according to the wisdom given unto him has written unto you as also in all his episodes speaking in them of these things which are some which are some things had to be understood. So, Paul is saying that the, the things that Paul was talking were so spiritual, had to be understood by the, the, the newly converts and the young Christian believers. So, we see that P 
Peter could write these words even though he had he had once been rebuked by Paul. Remember one time in Galatians chapter 2 verse 11, Paul rebuked Peter sharply because he was compromising. So, with that because Paul was not afraid to utter the revelation of God, God had given him that grace and so that he may open the revelation regarding the church. So he will see that he was the kind of a person the Lord could use to complete his word. Even today God is looking for people who are strong and bold to complete the revelation, to continue to reveal the depth of the scriptures, to see that in every verse we can experience and enjoy Jesus Christ. So he's still looking for such people. So we, let us look for another revolutionary term that Paul used that other apostles never used. Because what are we doing now? We are seeing the revelation that God had given Paul. What were the major things that Paul was emphasizing? Those things that were a revelation that other apostles had not yet seen. Colossians chapter 3 verses 10. We see another term used by Paul concerning the church. He calls the church in Colossians chapter 3 verses 10. He calls it another thing which you want to see today. In verses 10, the Bible says that, And have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. Now he uses another terminology, the new man. Paul received the revelation that the church is the new man. He says that the church is the new man. The church is the new man. And he says that, and this new man with Christ is the uh, as the constituent. In other words, the new man is constituted by Christ. Christ is the constitution of that new man. It, it was another vision that Paul had seen. He saw that the church is the new man and the church is built up by Christ. That's what he saw as a vision. Hallelujah. So we see that this is what Paul had seen still. He saw that the church is a new man. And there is an urgent need today for the completion of the word of God. Although Paul was used in the completion of the divine revelation in centuries ago, there is still the need for its completion even today in a practical and experiential way among Christians today. In other words, we are supposed to to use and to enjoy the scriptures in an experiential way, in an in a, in a practical way, not read them as doctrine, uh, which is part of us for mere knowledge, head knowledge and uh, doctrine. No, we are not here to teach you theory and doctrine. No, we want you to. We are we are showing you the experience, how you can experience the scriptures, the reality, and realize them. So even in us, most Christian groups, there is little very little ministry of Christ as life. There is very little ministry of Christ as light, as grace, as, as reality. There is a very little ministry. And not, not many dare to face the, the issue of the church. They don't want to go deep to, to reveal the secrets and the, the revelation which is uh, within the church. So this is why there is a need for people who are going to complete the revelation. People who are going to speak uh, dig out the meaning. Now, you see that the devil, through his subtlety, Satan, uh, the, the, the enemy of God, we see that is seeking to nullify the completion of God's word. He doesn't want people to get the deeper revelations. They will preach and they teach, but they will not go deeper to see that we enjoy and experience Christ. So the enemy may allow, allow Christians to preach what is revealed in the Old Testament and in the Gospel and in Acts. But if you will go in details to see that they, they dig out what Paul had seen to explain to the church so that the church enjoys the wonderful Christ. So we cannot tolerate the teachings. Uh, that many people will say that we cannot tolerate the teachings of Christ as the all-inclusive Christ, as the life-giving spirit. They don't see them as they are meaningful. They see as if they are uh, it's a false teaching. When you say that uh, Christ is all everything, Christ is all is the life giving spirit. All Christ, uh, they don't want to go in details of the uh, concerning the church as the mystery of Christ. So anyone who ministers along this line will always be attacked by the enemy. 
I know it is not easy. People will call it a boring message, a boring teaching because it is not enticing their soul life. These are spiritual teachings that require a spiritual man to grasp them to enjoy a spirit God. So we know that Satan is attacking those people that will always come out even today. Those people who stand for the revelation given by God to Paul. And we see that in uh in particular, uh, the revelation concerning Christ as a mystery of God and the revelation concerning the church as a mystery of Christ, people will not want to, to hear such things and others will not teach even those things because the devil is going to divert them to bring some other teachings and preachings. Now that is the subtlety of the enemy. He's always going to veil the word of God and he's always going to veil it so that it, is, it cannot be completed in us for our enjoyment. And for this reason, we are burdened for the completion of the word of God. We have come to, 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 to see that we endeavor with the, with the power and the grace that the Lord will provide us to see that we bring you the word. I'll give you uh, a verse in, uh, in, in Colossians 1.29. Remember Paul said that he labored, struggling according to his operation, which operates in he says that which operates in me in power. That is Colossians 1.29. Now, when we read in this verse, we see that Paul labored to bring out such a revelation. Paul struggled to see that he completes the word of God. And we see that when the, the, word, of, the word labor is another word for wrestling, engaging in a combat is a, for, for his completion. It was a war, a warfare. So we can testify even today that it is a wrestling, it is a, a laboring for us to bring out the revelation that we see in the scriptures so that at least there is a completion of the scripture. In other words, when we talk about the completion of the scripture, we are talking about when you read the scripture and you come to its reality, why it existed in the Bible, why it is the way it was stated. When we get a clear revelation, then the, that verse is completed. You will find that there are many verses that we are preaching and teaching. There are many scriptures we are preaching and teaching. There are many stories, figures, types, and shadows we are ministering to people, but not in completion because we don't come to the realization of those uh, stories, of those scriptures. And this is why we are to stand and we see that the Lord is ministry. We do one thing. We, do, we are only working for one thing. We are wrestling, we are fighting to see that we take out religion out and, and all the tradition out of the church. Because we see that people are now handling the scriptures as, a, as like a religion, like, a, like a, a tradition. They are not seeing life. They are not seeing light of the things that are written in the scriptures. They don't come to the reality which is Christ. Remember Jesus told them in John 5 that you have searched the scriptures, yet these are the very scriptures that talk about me, but you have failed to come to me that I may give you life. So there are some people that are, they are good Bible scholars, Bible teachers, Bible uh, students, and uh, they know scriptures, they know everywhere, uh, the scripture and where it sleeps, but they have not come to the reality of the things they are knowing. That is simply knowledge of doctrine and knowledge of theory, uh, theology. So we need to come to the experimental, to, 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 the, to the practical, to the experiential uh, knowledge, the subjective knowledge of the truth in Jesus' mighty name. So we need to be clear. We need to be people who are who are not fighting against flesh and blood, but against the evil powers in the heavenly places, against the gates of head, headers, the gates of hell that speak that, that are seeking to destroy the church. How how does the gate how, how do the gates of hell destroy the church? By ignorance. Remember, God comes, Jesus asks the disciples, Who do people say I am? That is in Matthew 16. And they were saying, some call you John, some call you Jeremiah, some call you Elijah, some call you even John the Baptist. In others, people could know Christ, but they could, uh, they could interpret him the way they wanted to. Then he turns to the disciples and tells them, then, what about you? How do you call me? Who I am? So, see, who am I? So he wanted them to know. Then they say, 
they said to in fact they are silent they were silent until peter got a revelation you see it requires a revelation to understand christ it requires a revelation to see the scriptures and we see the christ which is in the who is in the scriptures so we see that we need the people who have got divine revelation just like paul they read the scripture and they see the vision behind it we need to point out again and again that this revelation concerning christ as the embodiment of God and the church as the expression of Christ is the major, major ministry that we are to do. Although there are great many Christian activities that are done in church, we have a lot of activities. Remember, when you come to your church, you have a lot of activities from morning to evening, from Monday to Sunday. Those are all Christian activities there in the church. But there is a hardly, in others, there is no completion of the word, no completing of the word no revelation we have not given enough time to complete the word of god to to dig out to get the revelation of every scripture and so that every scripture points at christ so we need people who are bearing the burden to declare that christ is the savior but not only the savior is also the living the life-giving spirit he is also the spirit imparting himself into us as the divine life so if when we become people who are discharging such burdens, such ministries to tell other people that the, the, the to tell the Lord these people that they should be the living body to express Christ uh, on on the proper ground, and uh, when we continue to tell them that you are a living body and you are supposed to be living with the life of Christ, so that we may express Christ, so that we may enjoy and experience Christ, so that we may express Christ to other people, that should be our burden. We, we, we in the church today, we must be people who are taking up the responsibility for this ministry of, of expressing Christ that is in us. Remember, the Bible told us in, in, in Colossians 1.27, Christ is now in us and is the hope of glory. But the problem is, and the challenge is, the Christ in, in us is dormant, doing nothing because people are not digging him out as a revelation they are not enjoying him as their life and life supply so we need to have people who are responsible for this and the goal of the lord is church today the goal of the lord is work today and the lord is ministry today is the completion of the word of god and i hope that many many believers many many brothers in christ will rise up to fulfill this ministry that god has given the church to, 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 to reveal the mystery. Paul said that the mystery is now being revealed, which is Christ in you, the, the hope of glory. But we have been knowing that as a doctrine, as a, a statement, which is not part of us. We need also to get a revelation concerning this Christ who is a mystery in us. He's now in us, but he's still a mystery in us. So today there is much gospel preaching, Bible teaching, Christian working, and all the other stuff. But there is no completion of the word of God. We have not seen people, uh, thousands of people that are now going for only one thing to see that they complete the word of God. That's what Paul was saying that he was called to complete the word of God. So without the completion of the word of God, God's purpose cannot be fulfilled. He cannot fulfill what he, he, was, he intended to do. And Christ cannot obtain his pride. And uh, we cannot come become his bride, and uh, even the, the kingdom cannot be ready for us. So he cannot obtain the bride or all come with the kingdom. So it is waiting for you and me to see that we complete the word of God. We need to experience Christ as the all-inclusive. We need to take him as a life-giving spirit and stand with the church on the proper ground. No matter how much we are opposed, no matter how much we are attacked, we must stand with the church and experience Christ in our daily life. This is what God wants us to do in the name of Jesus. This is what it is called the completion of the word of God. And as I plan to wind up, I want us to see this. The reason that's why we are going little by little is for you to see. Open your eyes and see. You'll find that in our ministry, we are not going to be people who are always ministering messages that are superficial, messages that are outside. We want to go deep, deep in the scriptures to show you the side you have not been seeing. So, 
This is a burden. So the completion of the word of God includes the great mystery of Christ. You have got to know about the great mystery of Christ and the church, uh, which is uh, Ephesians 5.32, as told us, Ephesians 5.32, is showing us uh, the great mystery of, of, of Christ and the church, which is... Uh, let us also read in Ephesians 2, 5, 32. The Bible talks about this mystery. Uh, Paul was talking about in, in Ephesians 5, 32. He says that this is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. So we see that Christ and the church, is they are the great mystery that we are supposed always to get a full revelation concerning Christ, the head of the church, as it is stated, and concerning the full revelation, and to get the full revelation concerning the church, which is the body, just as Ephesians 3.3 told us uh, up to verse 16. So we see that not only should these matters be impressed upon us, they should be infused, they should be put into us, into our being, to get a revelation. And we pray that may the Lord, may the Lord make us all clear concerning his recovery and concerning the wrestling for the completion of the word of God. Just as Paul said, I labor. If we would be those who complete the word of God, we must minister, we must minister this word, this Christ as the life-giving spirit and stand with the church as the, the living expression of Christ on the proper ground of lo locality, wherever the church is. So this is what God wants us to be knowing. Hallelujah. So this is, this is supposed to be our burden and this is the ministry of the New Testament when we take Christ as the, 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 the portion of the saints. So as I finish, we have seen the mystery of God's economy, which is Christ. Christ is that mystery. And uh, we shall come back to see uh, this mystery in, in details. Uh, the Bible has told us, uh, let me read for you the verse, uh, so that we wind up, we shall continue from there. This Christ has become the mystery of God's economy. And the Bible has told us where we have been, where we came from in, in Colossians 1, 25 to 29. The Bible says that, Wherefore I am made a minister according to the dispensation of God, which is given to me for you to fulfill the word of God, to complete the word of God. So, 26 says that even the mystery which has been hid from ages and from generations, but now, but now is made manifest to, this, to his saints, to whom God would make known what is the riches, or what are the riches, supposed to be what are the riches, not what is the riches. This was a, a wrong rendering of King James. Supposed to be what are the riches of the glory of this mystery. Um, among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. And verse 28 says that whom we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man full grown, all perfect in Christ Jesus. So it says that in verse 29, where unto I also labor, striving according to his working, which works in me might. So you see that Paul is saying that he wants to present every man full grown in Christ. And he says that for that reason he was laboring. He labored to see that he fulfills that. So let us uh, end from here today. This has been a wonderful episode, also episode 20, uh, 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 about experiencing Christ daily. And we are seeing all the things, the, the revelation that Paul had received, uh, the things that we have been not taking uh, seriously in the scriptures. God bless you as, as of today. We are going to stop from here. This is Pastor Dennis once again from Freedom Experience Ministry, Kampala, Uganda. Please visit us on our website at freedomexperienceministry.org. Uh, that is our website. You can visit us also on our Facebook, Freedom Experience Ministry. Or you can even listen to our radio, Freedom Experience Radio, and get wonderful, wonderful music and even teachings and preachings on that very radio. You can go on our website, www.freedomexperienceministry.org. .org. When you stroke radio, you come to the radio site, you'll find every good thing that is there. Don't even uh, fail to see that you, 
you donate if you feel like you want to be a blessing to us you can become a blessing you can sow your seed you can support us so that we continue to dispense this ministry to the entire globe in Jesus mighty name thank you all of you people who are following us who are liking who are inviting other people who are always visiting our website to study to for devotions even these audio messages are there you can even download them but to download them you have got to first follow us for you to get the access to download god bless you we shall come back next time bye bye to get more of this message and partner with freedom experience ministry log on to our website www.freedomexperienceministry.org or find us on our Facebook page, Freedom Experience Ministry. You can also call us directly on plus 256-703-89-0009. Be blessed. Experience the mystery of the word, the redemptive power of revelation, and eternity purpose brought to light in your walk with Christ.